I'm Stacy. Hey, I'm Steph. Welcome to Harnessing Your Power, where we discuss everyday topics to break through the stigma and harness our power through self-mastery. Tune in every Tuesday to join us in conversation as we dig deep into our minds and get closer and closer to our highest self. So hello, everyone. Welcome to Harnessing Your Power podcast. I am incredibly grateful to be here tonight with all of you and to get into conversation with Steph and with you guys who are here live with us. Thank you for the compliments. I feel great. Thank you. <laughs> and that always shows, right? Um, I'm excited to get into uh, this conversation today because that's pretty much what we're going to be speaking about <laughs> is, as you can see from the title, like, is communication just words? And really getting into, like, all these different aspects of communication and how we can be com- better communicators, which is something that I think we're all working on, regardless of where we think we currently are with our communication skills. I think it's something that we all recognize we can improve on. (laughs) So to kick it off with a question, and this is for you, Steph, and everyone who is live with us, please answer in the chat. Let me know your, let us know your thoughts. The question I have is, when you first hear communication, what do you think about? What does that word first make you think of? What is communication to you? Okay, so I want to give it like a minute to see what comes up, maybe like 30 seconds. But I am also so excited to be here today. And I was actually really excited to talk about communication because I don't think that everyone, ooh, Amber said listening. I actually love that answer. I feel like, um, so to just go right into it, if you have answers, please do send them in. Expressing yourself. I like that answer, actually, a lot more than I was expecting. I like these answers. So I was really excited to get into this because I feel like so many times communication is just associated with words or conversations. And while I Clearly, that is communication. I feel like there's so much more that goes into it. When I think communication, I think body language. I think conversations. I think um, just a little more than just talking. Um, And I don't want to get too deep, but I just feel like there's so many forms of communication. But so oftentimes when we think of that, we think of just talking. Ooh, Steph said a message. I like that. Mm. What about you, Stacey? Well, I love how some people answered right away, like listening, because I know we both have some thoughts on that to get into in a bit, but I honestly think listening is one of the most important factors when it comes to communication. But if I'm being honest, when I first think about communication, that's not what I think about at all. Mm. I actually think about speaking and talking and conversation And I do think about the ways we communicate non-verbally and kind of the fact that we are always communicating, but I definitely think more about the speaking side of things. And I think that's a really important note because I think a lot of people share that same sentiment. And I think listening 
is equally, if not more important mm. <laughs> in effective communication than even speaking. Um, but it was really interesting as I started looking through some definitions for communication because I didn't actually think about it in all the, the ways that that word can be used. So we know communication is this universal phenomena that we all participate in by like existing as humans or as animals because animals communicate too. And we know communication is a discipline of study. If you went to college, you probably took a communication class. Some people have their entire degrees in communication. So it's something that is like widely studied and can go very deep. Um, and it's also something that happens biologically. There's biological communication within our body, like our cells communicate to each other and to our whole system. So all that being said, as I was like digging around for a definition I really liked, something that kept coming up was that there isn't one really widely accepted definition. Mm. There's some definitions that kind of break down like what the word is, and there's some definitions for all of those specific different things. But there's a lot of like conversation around the definition not being enough and the definitions not being like encompassing all of what communication is. So I thought that was kind of interesting because that shows just that, that, you know, it can't be just words. If we mm. can't even come up with a definition to fully explain it, then it has to be more than just words. Um, is there any definition that you really like, Steph, or one that you came across? Yes. So the definition that I feel like made the most sense to me, I have two. So one of them is the imparting or exchanging of information or news. So kind of like a message, like Steph said. Um, however, I thought this one was really interesting. It was more of a breakdown and they were saying communication is to commune and to commune means to come together, to connect. And I thought that was such a good way to put it because as we saw some people already saying other things like expressing yourself or listening, there's so many other things that goes into communication. So when you put to commune, to come together, to make one, to unite, you're always trying to, whatever message you're putting out there, the whole goal of the communication is to get that other person on the same page as you. Um, so that's probably the definition that stuck out the most to me. Wow, I really love that definition. And I love what you literally just said that, like, what is the goal of communication? Mm. And I think we have different goals every time we communicate. But just like you said, I think the overall goal is to be understood and to have that like deeper connection with that other person from that understanding. So I really like how you broke down that word commune. I also have one definition that breaks down the word communication coming from the Latin word communicare, which means to share or to be in relation with. Mm. So it's the same type of thing that like when you're communicating, you are like sharing this exchange of information. Um, one thing that, one definition that I really liked is similar to that, that communication is the creation and exchange of meaning. Ooh. I like how they worded that because when you're communicating, you are like creating these and you're exchanging it. And it's not just words or thoughts, but it's meaning. It all goes a little bit deeper of like what we're even communicating about. And another definition from 
this book that goes over the history of communication and looking at it from like an anthropological sense in our societies says, communication is an apparent answer to the painful divisions between self and other, mm. between inner thought and outer world. Ooh. Can you repeat that one more time? Absolutely. Communication is an apparent answer to the painful divisions between self and other, between inner thought and outer world. I really like that because one of the things I kept coming across is, and I'm sure a lot of us have heard it before, is communication doesn't always equal comprehension. Um, So really to think about the differences when we communicate, are you receiving what I'm putting out and I mean I think that's something to think about every time we communicate is this is the other person receiving it how I want it to be received Mm. so I really like the way that was worded wow I I really like that thought um I think a lot of times you know we get frustrated when we don't think people are understanding what we're saying but how often are we reflecting if we're even expressing it in the way that we want to be understood. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So so I have four types of communication. And I thought this was, I kept seeing so many different breakdowns to communication. I felt like this was probably the most simple and easy way to put it. But verbal versus nonverbal, two different categories. And then spoken and written for verbal, nonverbal, gestural, and visual. And we all know, okay, verbal, we're using words. What, it's what we say and how we say it. So vocal, what we say, how we say it. Written, we're using the text to convey the information. And the two big differences on that is for nonverbal, we have gestures, body language. What are we moving? What are we saying? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Are we making faces? Um, and then this one I feel like is one that I didn't really think of was visual. Um, because it can be things such as road signs, icons, danger signals. So things that are universally understood. So the difference between that verbal and nonverbal, you can portray a much bigger complex idea with verbal, but with nonverbal, we can pretty much talk to anybody. If you were put in a room with somebody who maybe you didn't speak the same language, would it be difficult to communicate? Absolutely. But is there certain things we can still portray with our body language, with our gestures? Absolutely. So are we still communicating? Are we still having that interaction? Um, And then also another breakdown that I really liked was different channels. And this was on a, it was actually a TED Talk by Anthony Lassinai. I don't know if I said that correctly, but he talks about the different channels and Way back when, we only had two channels of communication, body language and voice. Then we added words, so spoken word. Then we added the written language, so slowly but surely we're getting one more way of communication, one more channel of communication. And then all of a sudden came the internet, and now we have endless amounts of communication. Now we have, you can send a text message, you can send a DM, you can send a video, you can send a picture, you can send emojis, bitmojis. Um, But endless ways of communication and I just thought that was an interesting way to break that down but also I'll I don't want to get too ahead (laughs) um (laughs) 
Um, yeah, definitely. I I have something to say on both things you said. Okay. First of all, those four different types of communicating. I think that's really powerful to think about it in that way because it really makes us understand that we're always communicating. Something I read said, if you're choosing to not communicate, that's still communicating something. <laughs> so if we're ever somewhere and we're like, oh, I'm not going to say that, we're still communicating something by not saying that. So I think becoming aware of the other types of communication with like the body language and the visual kind of like solidifies that idea. And on that note, a Harvard study actually broke down the importance of body language and vocal tonality and vocal inflection and like the emotions you put into how you say something. And they found that Communication is 60% body language. And at first, I almost don't believe that. But if you think about it, it makes sense. Because let's say you're coming up to like talk to someone. And if you're they're walking up to you with their arms by the side, you're going to think, okay, like they want to engage. Versus if you're walking up to someone and they have their arms crossed, you might think, oh, they don't want to talk. So I think body language kind of gives us the clues into how the other person is feeling and how this whole communication is going to go before we even start talking. And then 30% of communication being about the vocal infliction and like the emotions and all of that really, really drills in that point that my mom used to always tell me growing up when I would respond super sassy. She would say, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And I think that that's something that we've all learned, you know, as a child, I think usually when we're getting in trouble, but if we think about it on the other side of not just, you know, not being sassy, but really like, how are we saying something? And I know this is something that Steph and I talk about since we are doing this podcast and we are working on, you know, being aware of our vocal infliction and things like that. But it's interesting when you think about how you already do that in your daily life. Like these are skills that, yes, you can learn to like, refine and do the way you want but like if you're upset you're gonna have a different tone of voice than if you're really happy or excited it kind of naturally happens and those are the clues that like like you said like the universal symbols of you know like what's in your environment it's the same type of thing like we all can kind of understand someone's like vibe when they're feeling some type of way and that is part of the communication so I love how you broke that down um and then the different channels of communication I think that is so interesting. And hello, welcome to everyone who is joining us live. Thank you all for being here. Hope everyone is having a great night. Um, Steph, could you just like quickly like repeat kind of the breakdown of the channels? Yes, the channels. So first we started off with two channels, which is body language and voice. And then we added spoken words. So words... Um, and then the written language. And then after that was when technology came into play. And now we have multiple types of communication channels. Mm. Now, that is very interesting when we think about like how technology has impacted communication. So I actually have another question for you, Steph. And everyone who's live with us, feel free to please answer in the chat. <laughs> it might be one you have a long answer on, but just type what you can. How do you think these digital advances and 
the presence of like social media and the ability to text and communicate in all these like new digital ways. How do you think that's impacted communication as a whole? So the reason I didn't want to get um, ahead, too ahead of myself is because there's so much to I feel like there's so much to say about that because now we're giving I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about I feel like I heard a, I heard a lot of people talking about communication and social media and it being a bad thing and then it took the flip and they were talking about now we have so much open communication now we have more things to say now I do think that a big a big thing that has happened since communication online is we've maybe not worked on our communication skills offline. Do I think that mm. it has made communication any less? I don't think so. I think we have more communication. I think if anything, we're most connected we've ever been. But are we using being connected online as a way to disconnect from the real world? Um, and not only that, our attention spans. Um, so I was listening to same that TED Talk by Anthony Lassinai. Um, 25 years ago, our attention span was 20 minutes. And now we're down to three and a half minutes. So what has the internet done to our attention span? Um, we have so much instant gratification, so much, hey, your answer's right here. We no longer have to wait for a piece of mail, now we can just get a voicemail. Now we can just get a phone call. Um, so I do think now we're a lot more impatient when it comes to communication, but I do think that if we use online communication the correct way, and I think that's something that we're all working towards every day, um, maybe not, maybe some people aren't even aware, but I do think if it's used the right way, I do think communication online can actually be a good thing for communication, adding good things. Um, so yeah, that's where I stand. What about you, Stacy? Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and I think it's interesting what you said about the uh, shorter attention span, because I bet in a few years, if they do that study again, the attention span is going to be 60 seconds because that's how long a TikTok is and that's how long an Instagram reel is. Yes. <laughs> but for real, like that's yeah. sometimes like I don't even watch a whole TikTok and I'm like, yes. well, like I couldn't even watch a whole 60 seconds. <laughs> and I think that reiterates the point of how important listening is in communication because if our attention span is really short, then how much are we actively really listening to this other person speaking? And that's why I think that's one of the most important skills for us to actually work on when it comes to communication. Um, but in terms of how the digital world and social media has impacted communication, you know, I don't really know how I feel. <laughs> I definitely see the pros and cons and part of me, is right there with what you said, like we're more connected than ever. This social media has just increased our capacity to communicate tenfold. Like, even if we just think about making a phone call, instead of waiting for the landline at my house to be free, mm. I can call and FaceTime multiple people at one time, like back to back. So I definitely see how it's like increased our capacity, which I think is amazing. But because a lot of us are so consumed in communicating and connecting online, I wonder if it makes it any less authentic. 
And I think that goes to your point of what you said of as long as we're using it the right way with the best intentions, but because it is so prevalent, I think it's easy to sometimes like lose that. Like sometimes I'm on Instagram and going through stories and I'll respond to like a few friends' stories and then I'll catch myself like in the middle of like a response to someone's story that I'm almost like doing subconsciously. It's not that I don't agree with what I'm saying, but I'm like, wait, like, did I even think about that before I typed that? And I think it really takes like thinking before you speak to a whole new level, because now we can send a text and the other person can receive it in literally 30 seconds, like probably even faster. So I don't know. I really see the pros and cons. I think we can harness the power of social media and all this digital stuff for our benefit to be able to communicate and connect more than ever. But I do see how, to your point, you know, like, are we not knowing how to connect in real life anymore then? It's it's really an interesting, like, debate with that. Um, and if anyone who is live with us has any thoughts, definitely share in the chat. Something that you said that actually, so when I first saw it, I was like, it was this, the same um, speech that I was listening to, but he speaks about these lessons. And when I first heard it, I was like, ah, oh, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but it goes with exactly what you said. You just said. So lesson one was you cannot not communicate. You communicate in everything that you do with all of you. But number two was you cannot say what you mean. And I didn't necessarily love that. But then he went on to explain that we don't have a linear thought process. So a lot of the times we're talking so fast that are you saying what you actually mean? And I feel like you just expressed that perfectly because I feel like in person, um, one of the biggest tips that I see is when you're speaking to somebody, pause more so that you think more. But when we're texting, do we take that second to pause and think about what we're saying or do we just write it out, say it, send it? And I mean, I guess that depends on the person. <laughs> but it's still right, very interesting that you said that. Yeah, definitely. Um, that reminds me of one thing I listened to as well, which was a podcast called Eight Principles of Communication to Improve Relationships. From this podcast, On Purpose with Jay Shetty. I'm a big fan of his podcast. <laughs> and he breaks down like these eight different principles that can help you. Um, and some of them, you know, are common things we've heard before. And a lot of them are really about like your self-confidence and your understanding of what you want. But one specific thing he said, it was actually his principle number four, is to go through this process like when communicating. And after you've actively listened to what they say, which doesn't mean interrupting, <laughs> it means just like actually hearing what they're saying and interpreting it and then going from there. He said most of the time when we respond, we say first what we feel about what they said. And then if they're like, oh, that's not what I meant, then we say what we heard. But the better way to do it is to actually repeat what they said. Like kind of in your own words, like repeat quickly what they said to them, what you've heard from it, and then what you feel about that. Because that also helps to keep it more like a, a conversation. So you're not just like jumping to, oh, well, I think this. But you're like showing that you're like hearing, like, hey, I, I heard you say that you don't really like 
kiwis, but like I saw you eating a kiwi last week, so I feel a little confused. Instead of saying like, what are you talking about? You love kiwis, you know, like these just different type of things of like how we can, I guess, be more kind. Something that's really stuck out to me too throughout all of this is just the sense of like compassion and non-judgment. And Jay Shetty also proposed this concept called let it be an experiment and to just entertain an idea without the judgment of reality. So if someone tells you like, oh, I really want to go on like a 10 day cruise around the Gulf of Mexico or something. I'm like thinking of these examples on the spot. I don't know why I'm thinking about Kiwis and cruise to Mexico, but here we go. Um, but you know that person is maybe like out of work or you know, like maybe they don't have the financial need, means or the time to do that or whatever. So you might start saying right away, like, what are you talking about? How are you going to do that? That's silly. Like, just focus on this. But he proposed this concept of just entertaining the idea and just letting like that fun conversation happen. Just be like, oh, yeah, a cruise to Mexico. Like, where would you go? Because it's it's not really that serious. Like your friend is not really coming to you to say like, hey, do you think this is possible? Like they're just coming to you to have like a good moment of expression. Um, so I thought that was an interesting thing. And what you said like reminded me of that. And I, I love that you said the kindness behind it because I feel like a lot of times when we're communicating something, if we feel like maybe we're not understood, we get angry or we get frustrated or we're just like, oh, well, you don't understand me. But I love the way you said that because it's, hey, this is what I'm hearing and this is what I feel about it and it doesn't get mixed up and I feel like it's very easy. I feel like I've been in that situation recently actually. Like, oh, I don't like that you said this, but it's not what they meant. And I feel like that's where the listening comes in that Amber had said. That's where, hey, are we listening and not just listening, but making sure that we understand their intention behind their statement and asking those questions to make sure, hey, are we on the same page? Again, like that goal of a conversation is to be on the same page. So maybe having even just those check-ins like, hey, this is where I'm at. Where are you at? And I feel like it just helps a conversation get to a common ground so much faster. Yes, Instead I of- definitely agree. Instead of that upset feeling that we get from being frustrated or you don't understand me. And don't get me wrong. I've been there (laughs) a few times. Yeah, definitely. I wrote down an example that was similar. It says, you're having a fight with your partner. They go silent and shut down like always. Why won't they just talk to you and work it out? The flip side example, you're having a fight with your partner. They keep rambling on and on like always. Why won't they just stop and give you some space to think? Maybe because they don't even realize that's what you need. And I feel like how many times are we in a situation where we're like, you know, I said all of this to express to them that this is what I wanted and they didn't do it. But did we actually express that's what we wanted? Mm. Or did we say some like coy thing? Like this article went on to say that we like to think that because someone loves us or someone who is our friend like cares about us they should just meet us where we're at and do all this stuff for us but because we love them and because we care about them we should give them the tools to meet us where we're at by clearly explaining where we're at (laughs) and like what we want from it and just being direct with it that's a huge thing is I think sometimes growing up 
um, different things happen, but I think it's like a similar thing a lot of people experience of like at different times throughout childhood, like their expression being shut down. Mm. I mean, because kids are crazy. Kids are screaming all the time. Of course, at some point you get told to like be quiet, but how does that translate when we're adults? Like, are we not able to directly say what we want then? And then how can we like change that? Um, So do you have any thoughts on that, Steph? Or do you have any like tips about how we could proceed? So I actually do have some thoughts on that because you mentioned like when we're told as a kid, hey, be quiet and like that's normal, but how does that, you know, perceive? And I was looking or I was seeing something that was saying all the different barriers that can lead to that misunderstanding or lead to that conflict where now you're feeling not heard. Um, And it's literally simple as, okay, there's physical barriers like, okay, maybe you're talking to and a chicken or that's the example that they used was a chicken <laughs> where you know physically the chick is not understanding you exactly physically the chicken <laughs> that's gonna be a hard conversation <laughs> and then like a car where you can't really have that conversation that same conversation you can still you can still ha- communicate with it by giving it something but not have that verbal conversation and then there's psychological barriers such as shyness, fear, and trauma. And I feel like that's one that sometimes we fail to remember is everybody perceives things differently. And just like you said, maybe that person has some previous traumas and that barrier is from something inside, something that even if you were having that conversation a different way, it's something more that has to be maybe dug into or maybe needs to be approached differently. Sometimes, I mean, I don't know about you, but do you have the same converse, the same conversations with everybody or do you approach every conversation the same way? And maybe just learning the (laughs) conversation, learning the conversations that we need to have differently or learning how to express ourselves differently to somebody. If maybe they do like that example you were using shut down consistently what do we need to do differently so there isn't that shutdown? So there is a better exchange of coming to that common ground. Um, and then I don't have I don't have any tips right now, but oh, you had said something. Oh, so something that I thought was really interesting that we can that I just want to go into really quick before we go into any tips is the number one thing that communication was linked to was one relationships so kind of like we've been talking about but two leadership and those were like the two top things it was linked to and every single article i read every single talk i listened to the number one thing that kept coming through in every single thing that i read or looked into was confidence and clarity and kind of how you were talking about how are we, you know, what's our vocal tone? What are we, what's our tonality behind stuff? How are we saying things? The confidence behind it. When, I think when we, when we feel the most confident, it's kind of like how we talked on our last episode, competence breeds confidence. People are going to think we know what we're talking about because do, do you really know? Like when you're first hearing a new idea, when you're first hearing a new thought, You have to listen first and then give that, you know, opinion back. 
Um, but I just thought that it was really interesting. Confidence and clarity. If we can bring confidence and clarity to all of our conversations, making sure that we're saying things as clear as possible, I guess this is kind of a tip, um, <laughs> then there will be less communication failure, less of that misunderstanding. Um, so yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I love how you brought up that communication is not only important for relationships, which it definitely is, but also for leadership. Something I heard said that communication is the most important thing for relationships and having happy, healthy relationships is one of the most important things in us having a happy life and a fulfilled life. There's been numerous studies on this and people always rank positive relationships as one of the most impactful things of their whole life. Mm. And in the same hand, communication is not only important for leadership, but also for professional situations. A 2016 study by LinkedIn reported communication as the top skill for hiring managers across all industries. Communication is the top thing. And I think it's exactly what you said about like the confidence and the clarity, like how can we create more confidence and clarity in what we speak so we have better communication, but then by having better communication, that even leads to more confidence and clarity. And that's the amazing thing about these skills with communication, which they're all learnable. A podcast I listened to said that sometimes we feel like we see these amazing speakers on stage and we're like, wow, they must have been born a natural speaker. That's never going to be me. But the reality is most of them are not. And if you actually dig into the history of a lot of motivational speakers, they come from like the opposite type of background. Like they were used to be like the opposite type of person who would never get on stage and talk. But these things are really learnable and we can like teach ourselves these different tips and tricks that work for us. So I love um, those ones that you broke down about like confidence and clarity. I also think that an important one that you mentioned earlier is understanding different communication styles. So there's a lot of different theories of different communication styles. A little homework for you guys is to Google for communication styles because you're going to come across numerous different theories, breaking them down into four different communication styles. And I think that's really interesting to reflect on yourself of what your communication style is, but then also to become aware of like the people that you're talking to, like pick up on different cues to understand what their style is. So if this person, you know, like shuts down, okay, so maybe their style is a little bit more like reserved. So you can think about, like you said, better ways to approach that situation. Um, and I think, like I mentioned, becoming an engaged listener is definitely my top tip. And I think that takes practice. And I think it's something that can be overwhelming, especially if you're experiencing like social anxiety. I've definitely been in situations where at some point and the other person talking, I'm just in my head feeling nervous about maybe how I look or like this or that. And then it's like my turn to speak. And I'm like, oh, what did they even say? <laughs> like, I don't know. But it's just something I like worked on. Like literally, like, I didn't used to be a good listener. Um, and different times it's easier than others. You know, if you're like tired or whatever, sometimes it's hard to keep the focus. But a lot of stuff said, just like literally focus, like just focus on the person in front of you. If there's people around, block it out. If you're on your phone, put your phone down, like just focus. And one 
trick that kept coming up was to focus on listening out of your right ear. It's just like a mental trick. Oh, I really It's like not that, that we hear better out of our right ear or anything like that, but it's just like a mental trick that will help you like literally focus on what the other person is saying. So then you can interpret it from there. And the last tip that I have is to be direct and assertive. And I feel like sometimes we think of assertive as like a negative thing. Like, oh, that person really tells it like it is, huh? But why is that bad? I think we should all tell it like it is. Yes. And I think that you can be assertive and not be mean or rude. Like you can, that's where your vocal tone and your body language really comes into play. Because yes. you can tell it like it is, but still with compassion. But that's something that I think really helps you build that confidence too. I used to find myself in social situations with like predominantly guys, like with my boyfriend and his friends. And I would be like, no one listens to me. Like I'd speak and someone else starts talking. And he was like, well, cause you're speaking really quietly. Mm. And I'm like, well, because I'm like the only girl in like this like group of 10 guys. So I'm kind of just like, oh, I'm over here. But that's why no one's listening to me. And that's why I have lower self-confidence and I don't even want to talk. So if you just come more assertive and just like, hey, I have something to say, yes. <laughs> then it kind of like just helps to breathe that confidence we were speaking about. And Alex said, communication is my favorite topic. Yes. I love it. Do you have, okay. Um, so when you were, I wanted to say this earlier and I didn't want to get the numbers wrong, but when we were talking about listening and how it takes effort to listen to somebody and practice to get better at having that focus, um, the reason that I feel like oftentimes we get distracted, or not that I feel like, we get distracted. I think that's why sometimes you're in your, you were talking about being in your head, thinking about do I look okay? There's so many thoughts going through our mind, but the average person talks at about 225 words per minute, but we can listen at up to 500 words per minute. Wow. I thought that was really interesting and that's the reason we can get so distracted because our brains are filling in those 275 words while the other person is speaking. Now can we get better at blocking out, <laughs> blocking that out or whatever the case may be, but it takes effort and energy to listen to somebody. And I think that also makes every conversation more meaningful if we're sitting here and making sure that we're listening the way we would want to be listened listened to and taking in the information the way we would want our information taken in. But so the number one tip that I saw is don't multitask. And I feel like when we were talking about um, – technology and how it's affected us we multitask a lot how many times are you in the middle of a conversation and somebody texts you and you just oh let me just read it real quick and then but even just that small distraction can cause a whole different conversation in your head while you're having that conversation so I thought that was the most important one is don't multitask being able to just have that conversation and just go straight into the conversation and then one other tip that I really liked is asking a lot of open-ended conversations. True listening requires setting aside of ourselves, of our personal opinions sometimes. Being able to ask that question, wait for the answer, take it in, and then once we're asking those questions, the other person is now also feeling some type of self-acceptance. 
feeling less vulnerable because we're giving them that open space to speak and now they might open up a little bit more to you. And having that kindness we were speaking about, just being genuinely interested, being genuinely interested in what somebody has to say. And if we're not genuinely interested, then do we wanna be in that conversation? Do we want that communication? But Right, exactly, exactly. And I think that like once you start growing these communication skills and getting more confident in your communication, you can actually like navigate those conversations you don't want to be in. <laughs> you can figure out ways to um, politely exit the conversations. I read a book well, I'm reading a book called The Art of Talking to Anyone. Um, and I don't, I'm not really going to bring up anything because it's a very practical book. It gives you literal, like, how to navigate conversations and example conversations. And there's a whole chapter in it about leaving conversations you don't want to be part of. <laughs> so there are, like, so many different skills and tips and tricks. And Steph and I really didn't want to just get on here and, like, preach tips to you. But <laughs> there's actually a lot out there that can help you in all these different situations. And I have one quick thing to say and then one question to end it off with for okay. you, Steph. But when you said ask questions, that reminded me of something that I heard that said, to be interesting, be interested. Yes. And I love that because just think about it. Like a lot of times where you meet someone where you you think later, like, whoa, they were so cool. Sometimes I think that about someone and then I'm like, I can't even remember anything about them. And that's mm. probably because they were just being interested in me. And like a lot of people do like to just talk about themselves and like have that type of expression. So being able to actually hold a conversation where you're not caring so much about what you want to say, but you're really just letting this other person like express to you and bounce it back to them, I think can be really powerful. But my last question for you, Seth, is do you think that you can have a good relationship with bad communication? So, no, I don't think so. Um, I think there can be a relationship, um, I, whether it be a friendship or a actual relationship with a partner or even, <laughs> or even um, just like a coworker or coworker relationship or whatever kind of relationship, but I do think that having a good relationship with somebody does mean having that common ground, does mean, hey, when I say things, you understand me, I understand you, or even if there isn't that sense of understanding, there's a sense of, hey, I'm listening to what you're saying and I'm going to put that into practice, or I'm listening to what you're mm -hmm. saying and kind of like when people say, oh, you're not sorry if you keep doing it. Same thing with listening. Are we having those conversations where you remember what I said to you two days ago or you remember that I like the color purple and now it's come up again. And I do think those are the things that strengthen um, relationships. I think that it's the little things that strengthen relationships like remembering, hey, I know sunflowers are your favorite flowers so I got you sunflowers. Um, and I do think that's a big part of communication. It's all the things we're expressing about ourselves, kind of like Soraya said in the beginning, self-expression. Can you give me that self-expression back and know who I am? And I think for a relationship to really flourish, there does need to be that understanding. Um, what about you? 
Yes, I definitely agree. And you touched on one whole thing that people love to talk about with communication, which we did a previous podcast episode on, which is vulnerability and expressing vulnerability or at least like creating the safe space for the other person to express vulnerability. And I think that happens definitely through good communication, which can lead to a great relationship. Now, I don't think just because you have bad communication with someone, it means you have an overall bad relationship with them. I think that it can just be a limiting thing. Mm. Um, For example, parents. (laughs) I think a lot of people talk about, you know, maybe not having the best communication with their parents as we get into adulthood because, like, this weird dynamic is happening where, like, we're an adult but we're still their child and, like, whatever. (laughs) But that doesn't mean that it's a bad relationship. But how much better could the relationship be if we had good communication? Mm. So I think that's that's the thing. I think to have the best relationship possible, good communication is definitely necessary. Mm, I agree. And just really quick, an affirmation that I really loved that I don't even think was meant to be an affirmation at first. But um, when we talk about that confidence and clarity, Ruby had gotten off the phone and she was super excited because the other person understood what she was saying, repeated it back to her, said, you know, hey, okay, this is what I'm going to do next. And she got so excited and said, I have so much power in every conversation that I have. Um, But just I really liked that as an affirmation to be able to express ourselves better, to be able to have the power in the words and really be able to portray the things that we want to say with ease. Yes, I love that. I have so much power in every conversation I have. Perfect. I feel like that is a great affirmation. Again, wherever you're at on growing your communication skills. I love that. Um, I have one last quote to say, which is masters of life are masters of communication. You can't have one without the other, which just iterates how important it is, which I think we all know. And now it's just a matter of really growing those skills. And I think a place that it really all starts is your communication with yourself. Mm. How are you able to express what you really want? If you're not even knowing that yourself and how can you like sharpen that communication with yourself? And one way that Seth and I love to do that is through journaling. And you hear us talk about journaling on almost every episode because it's just really a useful tool for these things we talk about and just self-development and everyday life. So (laughs) we are so excited to announce We are having another challenge because our habit tracking challenge was so successful and so popular. We had so many of you download the habit tracker and do the challenge with us. We decided to come out with another interactive challenge, which is going to be a journaling challenge. And it is going to utilize our beautiful journal prompts that we've created for you. It is seven pages of journal prompts. So Steph and I will be doing one of these every day for the next seven days. So you can join it, join us and do one every day. 
if you really want to just like dive into it, you could do all seven of them tonight. <laughs> it's completely up to you. But we would really love everyone to participate with us. So you can download your own copy of this PDF that you can just edit or print out and use at our website, which is harnesspowerpodcast.com. You can navigate on our website through the menu to the contact page. And then it should be the first thing right at the top. Um, you just fill in your name and your email, and then it just gives you the download. I am so excited for this. I also have mine printed here. I am so excited to be doing this. And if you are going to be participating with us, feel free to make a post about it. Hashtag harness, harnessing your power. And just let us know how you're feeling. Let us know what this journey is taking you through because for me and for Stacy as well, um, I feel like journaling is a big thing for me. And I really wanted to dive into communication with self, but I'm excited to speak about that next week and be able to really like dig deep and have that true connection with ourselves because like Stacy said, um, being able to grow those communication skills, I do feel like starts with us and starts with being able to speak to ourselves. So I'm so excited. When you participate, let us know. Write a post. Tell us how you're feeling. Hashtag harnessing your power. Yes, definitely. Let us know. Use that hashtag. Tag us. DM us. Whatever it is. Um, and like I said, the PDF should download very easily from our website, but if any issues, just DM us. Yes. And I'm so excited because they are seven really awesome journal prompts. Um, if you've never journaled before or you're kind of a beginner with it, they're perfect for you. If you journal every day, they're also perfect for you. Yes. <laughs> we really strive to have this be something that, again, no matter where you're at on your communicating with self journey, this will work for you. So I'm really excited. I'm really excited for the next seven days. Um, Steph and I will be, you know, posting about it over these next seven days on Instagram. So you can join into the challenge at any time. And I really look forward to next week to getting down into this communication with self and maybe even having some of you as a guest yes. to talk about your journaling experience. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. Great. Well, Thank you so much, Steph, as always. Thank you, everyone who was live with us today. And for those of you watching the recording, listening to the podcast, you are all very appreciated. Thank you, Stacey, for always just making this an amazing conversation. Thank you, everybody who's on with us live. Always appreciate you and send so much gratitude because it's because of you guys that we still are here. So thank you, and we will see you next week. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.